Hi you, welcome to Plot Twist Please. Today's episode is birthday anxiety and 12 lessons I've learned. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and follow the social media accounts. Thanks, enjoy. Just so you know, there are mild cicadas in the background. They're showing up to say hello. Don't mind them, they'll be there for the first two-ish minutes of this episode. I'm Shamaya. It's like papaya, except it's not. Uh, it's good to see you back. And if you're new here, welcome to my humble abode. Today, I'm going to do something a little different um, than what I've been doing lately. I just want to take a moment because I feel like a lot of my content in the past few weeks has been really heavy, a lot of it requiring research on my part. And so I kind of wanted to go a little bit off script. As some of you may know, keeping up with the social needs, it was my birthday this week. Birthdays for some people are really stressful for an assortment of different reasons and that's completely understandable. Some people worry that they won't get, you know, the warmth that they're looking for from particular people. And that's that's a very real fear and it's a very real cause for anxiety in some people, especially if you have generalized anxiety disorder. This can be a really trying time for you, especially in the times that we're in now as a society and as an evolving world. So I kind of wanted to address that first. Personally, in the past I've had birthday anxiety. Last year I had a death in my family. It was a different kind of birthday anxiety. This year, the following weeks up to my birthday, I was really stressed for a number of reasons. One of those reasons was I was incredibly busy just with building the platform and with, with my independent business I have going on on the side, um, as well as just my job. I work at a preschool and I also am an actor and an artist. And so all of these things combined just started to weigh on me in the past few weeks. My body needs somewhere to put it. So that was a big reason why I felt some sort of anxiety uh, leading up to my birthday this time around happy to say that none of my biggest fears came true. I felt very loved on my birthday. I felt very supported by the people in my life and I felt very grounded. And I think I felt that way because I prepared ahead of time. So if you're the kind of person who is triggered by birthdays or birthdays bring on stress for you, then I would recommend having a plan, right? Not having necessarily a large birthday bash, especially in the time of Corona. Hey girl, how you doing Corona? But um, you, you don't need to necessarily have a ton of people around you telling you that they love you to feel valued or you shouldn't. Having a plan so that you feel really rooted in your value as a person, how you contribute to other people's lives, that is key. Just having that as solidified as you can before your birthday so that you don't have disappointments and that you don't have unmet expectations. And that's another thing I wanna address is, sound really harsh, but bear with me. So your birthday to you might be one of the biggest days of the year, right? But we have to remember, especially in times like this, that people, people have lives, right? And people are going through a lot right now. People are stressed, people live with mental illnesses. Black people right now, since we're focusing on Black Lives Matter, it just is a lot. There really is a script that, that has been disrupted. And it's a really interesting thing to grasp because it's like all of these social rules that we learned growing up, a lot of them 
aren't applicable to a time like this. A lot of them go out the window because when people are dying and going through it, and on top of that, an election is coming up that maybe they don't necessarily have room to be the best friend in the world to you right now. Or maybe they don't have the space to meet your every need. And here's the thing too, is people should not meet your needs. You should meet your needs first. I'm not saying that you shouldn't depend on the people who you hold close to you to support you. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that you have to be the root of your peace and of your happiness. It can't be dependent on who wishes you a happy birthday or who loves you or who welcomes you with open arms or who understands you. It has to be rooted in you seeing that innate value without help from anyone else. And I understand as well that birthdays for some people just don't matter. Birthdays mean something different to everyone. And that's the bottom line. You are someone who you're like, oh, I, I really would like to feel supported in this way, in this specific way on my birthday. That's something you should communicate. Mm, I know this is a generation where we don't like to communicate with our words, but it is vital. It's vital for you to communicate verbally, verbally what your expectations are in terms of getting your needs met in, a, in the social sphere rather than setting up all these expectations for other people without them actually being cognizant of what your expectations are. It's a balance of being grounded in yourself and knowing what you contribute to the world and also allowing space for others to come into your life and to support you. There's space for both of those things. Now that I've talked about birthdays, I'm going to talk about <laughs> me. Oops, sorry, my Leo is showing. <laughs> Anywho, so I thought I'd delve into the lessons that I've learned up until this point in the past year. So I am officially 24, ah, exciting, exciting. I will say there are a lot of things I thought that I'd do by the time I was 24. You know, pre-COVID, really, really thought, really thought they were on the horizon and the horizon said, you thought. I just wanna point out that that's okay. Like that's really okay to not meet your goals. And it's also okay to make your goals flexible. And so without further ado, I would like to talk about the things that I've learned. So oh, I actually do have notes for this. So it's us, let us just dive right in, shall we? Don't ask, just, just don't ask. The first lesson I've learned in the past year, this might come across as a little harsh, but I mean it in the best way. People are generally self-serving. And I don't mean that with a negative connotation. I just, I'm referring to human nature, basically. Everyone is conditioned to look out for themselves. That's just a part of humanity, right? And so we shouldn't be surprised when someone doesn't behave the way we want to, or when someone isn't thinking about us all the time, or when someone isn't doing what's best for us all the time. Right? I, I think that part of becoming a well-rounded human, a well-rounded adult, is being able to combat that with empathy. And a lot of people, more people than you think, haven't gotten there. And I'm not excusing that. I'm simply saying that we shouldn't expect for the world to look out for our best interest, right? And I know that that probably sounds really basic, but I guess I'm one of those people who just was frittering around with my sense of optimism. And really, why did I, why do I have a British accent all of a sudden? I don't know, girl, I don't know. But 
I really was under the impression that everyone just wanted the best for everybody. But I really was under the impression, also coming from a very sheltered religious background, that people were just generally going to want to put good into the world. And that's just not how the world is. This hit me hard. <laughs> this might seem really infantile, but this hit me really hard. But that you shouldn't take it personally, right? And so that's really what I'm getting at, is that people are generally, generally self-serving and it's not necessarily about you. So if someone mistreats you or, you know, rather, whether intentionally or not, it may not be about you. It might be about them. It might be about what they have to work out within their journey. We shouldn't take anything where someone is inflicting harm on us personally. We should not blame ourselves for being harmed because they, they, should, they should hold themselves accountable. And it is not your fault if they never apologize either. And so that's really what I'm getting at. So the second lesson that I've learned is you really need to be the author of your own peace and happiness. And for me, I believe that God is the author of my peace and happiness, so I don't really have to worry about that. Um, but for someone else who doesn't necessarily prescribe to that, I, I think you really just have to be grounded in who you are. And that's the thing is, is this world is, is just full of people being people, all right? People being people, people trying to figure out how to be people and how to human. And if you aren't rooted in something, every time someone mistreats you, every time someone doesn't give you what you want, or doesn't meet your needs, you're gonna be blown away. You're, you're gonna have nothing to stand on. Especially now, something that I, I've learned through COVID is that all of this, all of the career moves that we make, all of the friendships that we build, it can all disappear. All of it is temporary. The only thing that is going to last, the only thing that is forever is you. And I really had to come to terms with that. When you realize that, investing in yourself and investing in your self-worth becomes vital. And it just really is. And it's a daily thing. It's not something that just clicks, you know, into place. It's not something that you're like, oh, okay, I know my worth now. All done. Like, no, um, it's a, a continuous, constant effort. And it should be, you know, it's not, none of us have arrived. None of us are the perfect full-fledged human already. And if we were, that'd be pretty boring. And the third lesson I've learned is normalcy is overrated. It's overrated. Who cares? Literally, who cares? Like, I have met so many people who just didn't care, like just did not give a hoot. And it's been so empowering. And just, you know, on their own platforms or just in my walk of life, um, particularly this past year, people who I can now call my close friends, you know, people who just don't care, like people who are fully themselves and enjoy that and thrive in that. And I think it's it's so important to understand that the concept of what is normal is so different for every individual. It's dependent on culture, it's dependent on ability, it's different for everybody. And I I really I really don't like when we try to put people in boxes. For what? Like for what? Like who are these boxes serving? The fourth thing I learned was that when your body is tired, you should sleep. And when your body is hungry, you should eat. And this, again, probably seems really self-explanatory, but a lot of the time we're not listening to our bodies and what our bodies are telling us. 
And, you know, it's, it's interesting. I feel like I've had these kinds of epiphanies. Um, this one in particular, working with toddlers, is because when something hurts, they let you know. Or when something doesn't, if when their tummy hurts, they let you know. Or when they're hungry, they let you know. Or when they're thirsty. We really should go back to that point where we are like, oh, like my body is feeling things. Maybe I need to give it what it needs so that it can feel well, so that it can feel whole and functional. For me, because I have a history of like weird, I don't want to call it an eating disorder. I'm not, I'm not going to use that label, but it was just like weird eating habits where it wasn't necessarily depending on, dependent on listening to my body. It was more listening to what other people, other people's expectations were. And so something that I'm coming back to is really just listening to my body and like feeding it when it's hungry. And then when I'm tired at like 3 p.m., I take a nap if I can, you know, and, and things like that are so important because it, it, it makes you get into the habit of giving your body what it needs when it needs it. The fifth thing is not everyone is working with the same set of tools. Now, I mean that from a neurodivergent versus neurotypical perspective, as well as from a trauma-informed perspective. When someone has been through trauma, a lot of the tools that they use while they are in those traumatic circumstances work and help them actually survive. Basically means of protecting their heart and their mind legitimately creates systems to protect them from whatever trauma they're enduring. So those tools are really useful while you're in the trauma, but they're not useful and much of the time they're actually dehabilitating after the trauma has already passed. For example, someone who was in a, an abusive relationship probably developed methods mentally and emotionally to handle that trauma right to to literally make it through alive and those tools though they were helpful then will not be as helpful when they're entering a healthy relationship because it's all combative right and of course this is a very nuanced discussion everyone has different coping mechanisms but i say that to point to the fact that not all of us are working with the same set of tools some of us are working through triggers and trauma some of us are working through being neurodivergent and that doesn't mean that it, this is bad. It doesn't mean that people who have different tools have worse tools, right? It's just that they're different, right? So some people come with the toolbox full of screws and a screwdriver. Some people come with toolboxes full of a hammer and nails. Not worse, just different. And we really need to start accounting for that in our communication and how we perceive other people and how we empathize or try to empathize and sympathize because once we realize that people are just doing the best that they can a majority of the time we realize that a lot of the people we thought were evil are just traumatized and i'm not saying that to excuse behavior but i just want us to be more cognizant of that as members of a community as members of society so the sixth thing i learned was literally Stop caring about what people think. And you probably hear this a lot just in the ether of the internet, but we forget. We forget so frequently. We forget when we're posting on Instagram. We forget when we are worrying about gossip. It can be really debilitating. And if you are a creative entrepreneur, it can be a really big hurdle for you to get past in order to do what you want to do. And a quote that I really like is, when it comes to who you are, your personality, your identity, the people who mind don't matter and the people who matter don't mind. And that's it. And number seven, <laughs> drink more water. And I know we hear this just from everyone. I found so many moments 
where I was just sitting on my couch, where I was just sitting in public transportation, and I realized in certain instances that I that I could have been just drinking my water at those moments. Like, I, I'm just sitting here. Like, I, I could be drinking water right now. Why not? And so those moments where you're like, oh, I'm so bored. What is there to do? I'm just doing nothing. Like, drink water. It's easy to forget. Um, I have my water bottle right here, actually. So... <laughs> actually kind of funny right now I have a straw in it because I have a canker sore and that sucker that sucker hurts so I've been using a straw to drink my water for the past few days but I also have a top to this bad boy the question is where it's okay just know that there's a top I'm not lying to you it goes at the top and it also has a string so that I can wrap it around my wrist my favorite oh my favorite Thing is when items that I use really often have a little string like a little thing to wrap around your wrist because I work with kids and I'm always using my hands with them because you have to have your hands available when you're working with toddlers you have to and I just like being able to just maneuver without having my hands tied up um, what I really like about this water bottle is that it has a section at the bottom you can actually put fruit or cucumbers I like to put cucumbers and lemons or, you know, sometimes I put orange slices in there. I really like using watermelon, um, but you can put some fruit at the bottom of here and it's like infused because there's like, this is a two part water bottle. So there's this part that you open where you can put the fruit in, close it back and then it infuses up into your water. And so you have flavored water and it's so refreshing and I love it. So yeah, drink more water. It affects everything, your mood sometimes, your hair growth, your skin, oh my God, just everything. And the eighth thing is, and you've probably heard this a lot too, is to limit screen time. <laughs> so this is something I'm still working on or, you know, we are <laughs> praying to get delivered from this one. Netflix really got old for me. During quarantine, I just got old for me. I was watching a show every day or a movie and I would, I would typically have like a show just running in the background while I was working on my laptop with clients. So I would just have it going on all the time. And I really just got tired of it. I really got tired of flashing screens. I don't know, I just, and I started reading a lot more. So I got a subscription to Scribd. Scribd. I, I need to use my subscription more still, but I'm reading The Origin of Others. Um, you probably know it. I'm also reading, I'm reading Belle. And you might know the movie, you might not, it's kind of obscure, but it's it's a beautiful movie. And it started out as a book, so I'm really interested in reading the book. Number nine, learn how to apologize. Learn to be good at apologizing. What I mean by that is, first of all, you should know when an apology is warranted and when it's not. An apology is typically warranted when there is pain on the other end that could have been helped. So like, if you're breaking up with someone, you don't need to say I'm sorry for breaking up with you because this is something you needed to do and pain was inevitable. But say you broke up with them by never contacting them again, that warrants an apology <laughs> because this is pain that you inflicted that was unnecessary, right? And that's just my personal philosophy and can do some research on, research on that. I don't know, like, that's just what I think. I was looking this up because I, was, I just was really interested in, you know, people's different approaches to apologies and I was talking to my therapist and it turns out that a good apology has an admission of accountability. So the other person needs to literally feel like you have recognized how you've harmed them. 
The second piece of a good apology is literally saying I apologize or saying I'm sorry. You have to do it. Like you just, you can't get away from saying I, I apologize. But along with this second component is you can't add the word if or but. Unless it's contextually makes sense, you can't add, you can't say I apologize if you felt bad or I, I'm sorry that you felt this way <laughs> or I'm sorry that that was your experience. Well, that one actually, that one could pass depending on the context. But you see what I mean, right? It, it can't juxtapose your accountability, right? So that has to have accountability and it has to have the verbiage that supports that. And if you are seeking to continue a relationship with this person, there needs to be a plan going forward to do better. Otherwise you risk losing that person. And that's just, that's just my experience. The 10th thing is hopefully this makes sense to people, but you can either mess up and have a tantrum or you can mess up and laugh it off. Cause the thing is you're going to make mistakes. So you can either do that with an attitude of, wow, my life is over. I am a trash bin. I am the worst specimen on the face of the earth. You can either go that route or you can say, you know what? That was a weird thing I did. That was not great. And I will do better. And that's it. You know, you don't need the whole the drama. You don't need it. It's not helpful for you. The 11th thing is reward yourself when you do something that is difficult. So this is this is for you when something is difficult for you whether that's literally stepping outside your door whether that's waking up in the morning washing your face in the morning whether that's putting out a youtube video reward yourself for that because facing our fears isn't easy and we all have different uh, obstacles to surmount and we need to be appreciative of the times where we do surmount those things and when we do them well, and number 12, my favorite one is do not limit your own potential. I am someone who always had big dreams when I was younger. I always pictured being on stage. <laughs> At one point I wanted to be a radio host. At one point I wanted to be an author. Just all these different dreams that I had. And somewhere along the way, that optimism dwindled. And I started to believe that these things weren't attainable for me for whatever reason. I started to believe that any any big dream that I had existed outside of reality, existed outside of my grasp. And with that mentality, yeah, that's true. But if you go into it with the mentality of, I want this thing, maybe it could happen if I try really hard. Not saying like pull yourself out by the bootstraps, but like give yourself more credit, basically. Know that something that is for you is for you. I, I truly believe that. Again, my personal philosophy. And make sure that you are not in like a preempted defense mode. Make sure you're not docking your worth or docking your potential because you foresee other people doing it. Right, make sure that you show up in a room like you belong there and like you have something to bring to the table of value rather than shrinking yourself because you think that others are going to minimize you. Um, and that's easier said than done. I know, I just, I am, I, yeah, yeah, I get it, I get it. But if we give ourselves room, then we can really, really grow. But we have to do that. We have to give ourselves room. Um, and there, of course, there are other factors that come into play systematically, physically, um, emotionally, mentally. But I think a lot of it starts with believing in that dream and not shortchanging yourself. I'm running out of time because I actually have a call. 
in like 10 minutes. So like this video, subscribe to this channel, comment, leave a comment. Go ahead, go ahead. Follow this podcast. I love new followers <laughs> who doesn't. And I'm a Leo, so give me attention. Thank you. Happy birthday if it's your birthday today. If it's not, happy birthday. Stay well, stay weird, and stay patient with yourself because you deserve it. Bye.